Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is Megan! Megan is here, in the building, except not actually in a building, because that would be strange. I'm in your closet. I'm that, that's not strange. <laughs> Buildings are strange, closets aren't. We'll need to get that through their head. I mean, it, it's strange that I would be be there waiting. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're just very prepared. I am. That's wow. you know, it's my attention to my craft. Well, this is the last day of the man Fortnite, so I mean, <laughs> pour one out for for, for manslaughter. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I will pour a forty for manslaughter. <laughs> Just the whole 40, not even one. Like, pour multiple 40s out. Just all the 40s for manslaughter. He's earned it, goddammit. And we're ending, we're ending on kind of a disappointment, but whatever. Uh, We're so, today we're going to be talking about Mantis. It's not a man at all. It's a a bug. Or it's a woman with bug, buggy antennae. Bug, bug lady. Yeah. So, what, what, what's Mantis? What, What do you know? Um... The only context I have for Manus is in the, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie where it's already very vaguely uh, uncomfortable that she is the uh, subservient, weird, emotion-servant woman to uh, Kurt Russell's character, and um, she gets made fun of a lot, and she's portrayed as very naive to the point of being kind of dumb, and then she gets hit in the head with a rock. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a story arc. They're there. I think the best portrayal I've seen of her was probably in like the two thousand ten or eleven run of Guardians of the Galaxy. But we'll we'll talk about that at some point later. So, um, well, Mantis. It's, she's pretty much that. But here's her costume in the eighties. Ooh, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. And what's it, what she look like? <laughs> she looks like a <laughs> like a, like a bug hooker, <laughs> like a a, a betitted bug hooker lady. <laughs> she, she wearing she's wearing like two blades of grass. <laughs> yeah, nothing nothing hold anything <laughs> up there at all. Really? No, yeah, I, unless like, she she just got like. Like, so, really good tape. Yeah, basically, it's a real good double-sided tape. Like, and and it's not- I wouldn't even call her outfit, like, a full outfit, because she has, like, a deep V down to her belly button. But it doesn't- but I don't know if it's a deep V or not, because it doesn't really have a top bit. No, it's two blades of grass and kind of a skirt. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not even, like, a full skirt. Like, not, when you're thinking skirt, you're probably just like, oh, it's a piece of fabric that wraps oh. around- Nice no, leaves. it's just, yeah, it's basically leaves, and she's like barefoot in this, and it's extremely and, bad. What's well, it's real bad. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the stuff that's also very uh, eh. <laughs> uh, so, guess what her real name is? Uh, I uh, um, Amanda T. Tentis. No, it's Manuel. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's unknown. 
No one knows her name. Ugh. No one, no one bothered. They're just like, eh, man, it's good enough. You got things on your head. Got this antenna. Even though, even though that's not, do praying mantises even got little bobbles? I think they're like giraffes and they have like little nubs. Yeah, because they got the necks and they got the the little stabby bits. Um, and then the only other thing I think of when I think of a mantis is like the mantis shrimp, and that's a, a different thing altogether. So it's kind of weird that she's called mantis when she doesn't have like stabby hands or a weird long neck, or um, unless she like bites the head off of any, the any given person that she's having a sex with. It, it's just an odd choice because she just has the little. Bug Tedda. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about some of uh some of the real fun origin. Oh boy, you you sound so hyped. Well, okay, so I'm gonna start this off. Steve Englehart, who mostly you know mostly okay, dude. Just mm, just really just really put a lot of weird energy into this character. Let's oh, just say that. Boy. And she tend to follow him in any of his stories he was writing. So it's just like... And then he made another version of her whenever he wrote for DC. Okay, so yeah, no. Like like many yeah. a comic co- comicsman before him, he was just a real horny boy, huh? Yeah, it's like with Bendis <laughs> and Kitty Pride. Uh, I mean, he was writing. I mean, technically, he was writing when she was in her twenties. I but guess. Still, when you think of Kitty Pryde, like, well, Bendis obviously had. It. Oh, you could point these out for a lot of people. <laughs> this is uh, true. Let's just say that. that that'll that that could, that could take some time. So let's focus on Mantis, I guess. <laughs> yeah, let's focus on Mantis. I'm not going to talk about the myriad of women that Claremont had a clearly had a thing for. Oh, yeah. that And almost all, and he clearly had an S&M thing, also. Oh, absolutely. That goes without saying. <laughs> let's, uh... It's terrible well, let's Pandora's just get through this. <laughs> Her occupation was, is barmaid, later adventurous, later celestial Madonna. The upward mobility. She is an expatriated uh, Vietnamese citizen. Granted a special visa to the United States on the request of the Avengers. So she's not an alien? She was rebooted into an alien? Uh, now she's green. Oh. Now she's like green and has a little thing and she still has like the, her powers and everything. They changed her after a little bit. Which was for the good. I imagine so. Her group affiliations is the Avengers. She's also married at this point. And uh, her first appearance was in The Avengers 112 in June 1973. The Lion God lives! (laughs) That's very exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. I can't tell if this is like... I have a feeling that this might have been a slightly... uh, problematic comic because the whole thing of this issue is because the Avengers mansion was stormed by an African-American by African-American protesters who believe the Black Panther is sold out to the right establishment. Okay. Oh boy. Oh okay. boy. So first off, let me let me just tell you something. The writers in the 70s for Marvel 
had their heart in the right places. They, they, they were they were trying. <laughs> they had their heart in the right places, <laughs> but they were still white men. The best, the best of intentions, I'm sure. You know, like, and you know what? Like, generally, I don't think any of the writers were like meaning to be like racist or anything. Right? Yeah, they just. Instead of hiring, like, so maybe, like, a person of color to write the story, they're like, no, we can do this. It's gonna be great. We got this. Yeah, well, the mob was organized by a mysterious man known by the Lion God, a mythic hero from Africa who once Panther to return to his African roots. Oh, no. <laughs> so, again, they had the best intentions. They were trying. <laughs> and, like, I'll give them that. They also made, also in this era, Nixon shot himself in the head because Captain America figured out he was part of a secret cabal. So... <laughs> Um, I mean, that's pretty you good. Can give them that. That's I mean, that's pretty, pretty good. That's pretty good. That's not bad. And by the way, it wasn't on panel, but it was heavily implied. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, they probably run into some shit if they literally had like Nixon on panel, like. <laughs> that's yeah, but that's it, was, a it was it was heavily implied by the face Cap had on his <laughs> on his face. It's just like it's like oh oh okay. Billhouse, no. <laughs> <clears throat> so let's get into let's get into this. I've been avoiding it a lot. <laughs> okay. So uh, she's the daughter of Gustav Brandt, a German who fought for the Indochina uh, for in Indochina as a mercenary soldier. And his wife uh, Lua, who was the sister of Monsieur Krull, a local leader of the underground organization. Krull despised. Uh, Europeans and was therefore infuriated by his sister's marriage. He was uh, determined to kill both of them. Happens. Uh, yeah, as a result, the uh, Brants fled to one uh, Indo Indo Chinese village to another. Oh, this was during the seventies. Okay, man. Yeah, just the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just like, why is it like all Indo-Chinese? And just, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, China was doing some messed up stuff while yeah. we were doing some messed up stuff through proxy yeah. wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember I mean, that? I feel, I feel like we're just going to spend the rest of this just be like, oh, 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 yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a mercenary, a German mercenary. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, yo, foreign lady. Let's 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 get married and let's make, make a it baby. Happen. Let's make a mannish baby together. <laughs> so uh, they fled for nearly ten months, and towards the end, a mantis was born, and the branch decided to stop fleeing and remain in hiding. However, Kroll and his man found in his men his man his his, his man <laughs> his one man <laughs> his one man his boyfriend uh, found him. <laughs> he's he's very loyal. He only it's it's him and and his man. His life partner. Yes. It would be life partner at this point, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. yeah. This is mm. my this is my life. I'm my this name is, is Mr. My roommate. He's a cure -all, and this is my life partner, Joe. <laughs> um, but his man found uh, found them and used a flamethrower to set their home ablaze. Oh no. Joe, when, why? Uh uh Lua was killed and uh, badly burnt and blinding but blinded. Um Gustav Brandt escaped with his infant daughter, who was unharmed. They fled for days uh, until they reached the Temple of the Priests of Pama, 
a pacifist sect, uh, sect of humanoid uh, alien Kree, who established temples in various worlds to escape Kree persecution. Okay. <laughs> because he was a soldier, the pacifist priest separated Brant from his uh, daughter so they could raise her in more peaceful ways. Wonder how that went. Just like, get out of, get out of here, white soldier. We're taking your baby. She's ours now. And if you don't leave, we'll... Shit, we're pacifists. We'll be Nothing. very upset. <laughs> so did he just walk off? Did he just be like, alright. Added water anyway. Ooh. Well, okay, wait, wait. Wait, these, these aliens are feeling, so I guess I cannot feel as bad about this, even though they're clearly referencing something else. Um... They tried to teach Brant their philosophies as well, but only succeeded in teaching him how to see despite his blindness. Perhaps through psychic means? Perhaps. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> just, just insert a shrug. Just keep on doing the shrug for a while. Uh, after a number of years, Brant left the temple and made his way to Honolulu, where he became a criminal under the alias of Lloyd uh, Willabry. Willabry. Yeah. Later, he uh, joined the criminal cartel known as the Zodiac, under the name Libra. Yeah, the dork ass over here. <laughs> Call me Libra. I'm part of, the, part of the Zodiac team. He never named his own kid, huh? Because we don't know her name, apart from Mantis. Well, apparently, her name is... She went by Mantis Brant at one point? What? Mm. Okay, whatever. No, that's mm. dumb. Uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, they educated her, knowing that someday the Celestial Madonna, the woman who would mother the Celestial Messiah, a genetically perfect being whose great power would bring great peace to the universe. That sentence makes no sense. Okay, basically, they wanted to teach her like, their ways, because they knew that she would become the Celestial Madonna. Because she's genetically perfect, and would one day make the Messiah. That's a lot to, un that's, that's a lot to unpack. Yeah, you know, putting this on, like, a little baby as well, yeah. you know. You're gonna grow up, and you're gonna give birth to some kind of Jesus, because you're, you're perfect, gonna... because you're, what, partially German, and... Vietnamese. Vietnamese. So, I mean, well, I guess at least she wasn't, like, Aryan or whatever. Just, just, just all gonna give us a mixed race celestial messiah. But she proved to be especially talented in her studies of the Cree pacifist martial arts. It was because she defeated her uh, male components on combat she took the name Mantis after the insects who females kill the males. Okay. There we go. So that makes sense. All that right. makes more sense. I can, I can also, get with that. She also, after the fight, she had sex with them and bit their heads off. <laughs> it was implied. It's it's real. It, it was really weird, uh, like origin story, because it got real graphic there. <laughs> All right, I'm glad at least her name makes sense. I'm still a little annoyed she doesn't have a person name, but I, I can I can dig on that a little bit. Uh, better than before. <laughs> yeah, she was also taught uh, how to communicate telepathically with the uh, Kotai, 
alien race of telepathic plant beings whom would father the celestial messiah. What? You know, it's just a plant race that would uh, knock up the celestial Madonna to make space Jesus. What What do you not get about this? <laughs> oh, everything. The whole, th- all. All of it. She's going to bang it in to make space Jesus. So the priests had brought some of the uh, Kotei to Earth. The growth of Mantis's telepathic Repartee with the uh, coyote was the basis of the of her overall empathic nature. She learned how to feel by being friends with the tree people. No, she was already very uh, empathic, but then she became telepathic. Ah, uh, so she yeah. she was good at feelings, and then she became good at brain feelings. <laughs> so she completed her training, and the priests uh, decided she should live among the humans to learn what it what it was to be human because she's been only around aliens since her <laughs> since when she could create memories fair so on the night of her 18th birthday the two priests uh, two, two of the priests took her dressed in ordinary Vietnamese clothing to Ho Chi Minh City formerly known as Saigon oh that also changed fairly recently because Saigon was a place for a long time until, I think, the 60s, I want to say. Yeah, I think so. I think it's like, 60s. By the, but yeah, because by the Vietnam War, it had been Ho Chi Minh City for, uh, for good, a bit. Good, good bit. Yeah, it was for a bit, but yeah, it would have to be... Yeah, okay. I need to know my my uh, my Imperial pro- my imperial American uh, proxy wars better. <laughs> but... The priest of uh, Palma removed Mantis's memories of her life at the temple and gave oh, her false what? memories of her growing up in Ho Chi Minh City as an orphan. So That's she survived. not cool. No. Why? Within hours, she was taken to Monsieur Cruel, which either which neither knew of his or her familiar relationship to the other Cruel. Who forced her to and forced her to work in a bar that he owned as a barmaid. Good job, Cree priests. And then she uh, met the swordsman, a costume criminal, who came to Indochina because he was wanted by uh, legal authorities throughout the rest of the world. And no, it was no longer a uh, employee of Kroll. And swordsman is also dead now, so I'll talk about him. In about a year or so, once I get the Book of the Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusted with his life, Swordsman became an alcoholic. But but, uh, Bantis saw buried nobility in him and and made her recognize a small spirit within herself. And that made her dissatisfied with the way she was leading her own life. And then she pled with the Swordsman to rehabilitate himself and encouraged him to lead a new life, which he could be proud of. She was like a mini, like a tiny, like, manic pixie dream girl for yeah, him. Yeah, just, just a life coach waiting in a bar to help turn things around for you. And then he decided to reform, go to America, and offer his, uh, services to the Avengers. He was an Avenger for a while after being a villain. Alright. That happens more often than you think. And Mantis accompanied him 
And whenever he was uh, readmitted to the Avengers, she was allowed to stay at the Avengers mansion, courtesy to him. <laughs> yeah, your girl could chill here. It's cool, bruh. Yeah. Uh, Mantis uh, accompanied the Avengers on their missions and pro- uh, proved herself to be reliable. She's got telepathic powers. I feel like, you know, she'd be more useful there than, like, just chilling. <laughs> Yeah, so she, so he fell deeply in love with Mantis and believed that she was, but, uh, and she believed that she was not in love with him, and her stay in first, uh, his insecurity grew. So he was just like, "You help." So basically, manic pixie dream girl. But then she was just like, "Oh, you're like super insecure. Like, leave me alone, please." <laughs> I'm actually not all that into you. I just, you know, your, your your alcoholism was bumming me out, so I figured I'd help you out with that. Please, please, please go. <laughs> please go before I bite your head off. Yeah, I'm gonna have sex with you, then I bite your head off. You better... <laughs> you better <Go> run! <laughs> uh, after the Defenders defeated Zodiac with her help, Libra revealed himself as her father and Told her that she was raised in a temple and. <laughs> BT Dubs left you in an alien temple. Don't know how that worked out. Well, well wait, here's the thing. She was. She told her she was raised in a temple, but did not explain who raised her at the temple. <laughs> you were just in a temple somewhere. Someone took and, care of you. And then uh, Kang the Conqueror. Do you know about Kang? Uh, I mean, that sounds familiar. Kang the Conqueror? Is there a cra- I'm. I see the. I know I'm thinking of Krang, the the teenage mutant ninja turtles creature. Oh, but, uh, you're not talking about <laughs> the Atlantean I talked about in this in this show, Krang the Atlantean. <laughs> oh, but he. Uh, go back and listen to my Kang episode if you okay. want to hear me be very confused talking about a time traveling conqueror who literally has four versions of himself oh, going no. at any time. Uh, <sighs> comics. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's really hard to talk about Kang. Let's just say that. Was You attacked them, it was just like, yo, you, girl with the bug ears and no actual clothes and never wear <laughs> shoes. You, you're gonna make the perfect baby, Space oh, no. Jesus, with oh, a plant no. person. <laughs> oh, oh, no, actually, no, it wasn't with a plant person. He was just like, no, I'm the perfect person, so no! you, me, perfect baby. No! Yeah. Um, I don't like where this is going. Oh my god. So so he would make... so Okay, so he attacked the 20th century so he could become the most powerful being. Right. As one does. And plan to father it. But whenever he fathered the perfect baby. But when he did, he made a divergent story. I mean, I mean, divergent uh, timeline. Yeah, he made an alternate reality, a divergent, uh, sorry, an alternate reality where he could rule the universe using the powers of his son that he made with Mantis. Because she's a celestial Madonna. Was Mantis complicit in this situation? Oh, there, there's been multiple, like, really, um... <clears throat> What's the right word? I don't want to say the word rapey, but 
Not, <laughs> They've non, been multiple non-consensual. things. <laughs> non-consensual things. Let's just say that happening around surrounding the Avengers around this time, like uh, Carl of Danvers, the current Captain oh. Marvel, um, was basically mind controlled into have uh, basically mind controlled into loving someone. And then she has, she got pregnant with this baby, and then gave birth to that guy. Comics are. I'm doubling down. And comics are just a weird bad sex thing. <laughs> comics are canceled forever. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like weirdly enough, like I'm getting most of those feelings when I'm doing my man Fortnite. <laughs> so it's just like yeah, I'm just like confirming a bunch of stuff even more. <laughs> so yeah. And then, but then, like he was defeated, and the swordsman was killed by a stray blast by one of Krang's uh, weapons, and he died. And then R. Mantis R. is just like, and when he died, like Mantis is like, "Oh, I did love you." As he was dying, he was <laughs> just like, "Oh, oh friend zoned again <laughs> by death." Friend, friend zoned by death. <laughs> he was buried at the priest of Palma. The temple that she was raised in. No. No, what? No. Don't don't make me... No. That's oh. bad. Oh. That's a bad paragraph. Oh, no. Okay. So, so remember those uh, plant people I was talking about? I Yeah, I vaguely recall them. Well, you know, you know how they're supposed to, you know, make, make, uh, make Nookie with make, the slice from Madonna to make a perfect a baby? people are. Well, um, guess what? Swordsman, like, was buried in the in the garden, at the temple. Oh no! And the and the plant person, oh no, who was like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a gosh darn tree now, and I I can't boink anyone. Can't boink, can't boink anyone for your tree." Yeah, so he resurrected swordsman. No, 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 no. His no. his uh, reasoning being, I need a body to be able to boink you, celestial Madonna. And they got married also. Oh, jeez. Before. Oh, yes. You know. Yes, of course. Because, because, you know. <laughs> because the plant person inhabiting the body of a corpse. <laughs> because he needed to boink, a, boink the perfect woman. Yeah, no, can't violate the sanctity of uh, marriage, though. You gotta, you, you gotta. No, no, I got nothing. This is just completely balls to the wall. Insane. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the Mortis, the master of time, aka future version of uh, of Kang, whose whole job is to stop versions of Kang from messing stuff up, and also stopping <laughs> evil versions of himself from messing things up. It's a big job. So and once they were done, like they got transformed into energy and departed from Earth, probably to just. Like boinking stars. You're boinking in heaven now. Yep. Not even heaven, just just the stars. Just you're boinking across the galaxy. Yeah. So you want to know how tall she is? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know all this weird crap about her origin and the the, the sex having. So what's her height? I mean, she looks yes, she, very tall in that picture. She's five six, which is like kind of tall. For some women, but I suppose not. it looks. She looks much longer. I don't know if it's just that she's all leg. Um, 
Well, I mean, she does have legs coming from her butt all the way down to the floor. So, I mean, that's pretty. <laughs> uh, she's got she got three inches on me. But yeah, that is kind of tall, actually, for a lot of women, I guess. I suppose. But, um, she weighs one fifteen. Oh, her yeah. her manslaughter they weigh the same. <laughs> they weigh the same. You know, you know who I thought. You know, if if someone was gonna make a messiah baby, I feel like manslaughter would have been able to. <laughs> I think manslaughter would treat mantis right, except no, he probably actually would because he was also a crazy person. <laughs> um, she has green hair, uh, green eyes, and uh, black hair. Later, she has green skin, black eyes, and black hair. Just flipping it around is fine. So her known superhuman strength is, uh, I mean, Newtown. So well, she basically she works out all the time. So she's like real buff buff and strong. Yeah, hell yeah. Get them gains, girl. How does she do? How does she do martial arts without her her, without her biddies falling out? That is the Cree tape. Yeah, it has to be like unstable <laughs> molecules tape something. or something. Yeah, pimp like, particles. Because <laughs> like I know I know women who like could barely go on a jog without like their bitty slapping them in the face. So like without having like multiple sports brawls on. So. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's hard out there. Yeah, so like how how could she be doing like kicks and flips and stuff without just everything falling off of her? I don't know. That's one of her superpowers, I guess. Her boobs just stay there. <laughs> they just... And, like, <laughs> and, from, and also, I mean, from what I see, it doesn't look like she's wearing like substantial underwear either, because you'd be able to notice from how it's drawn. So, <laughs> like, people are just, so people are just seeing her bits all the time. I mean, I guess that's uh, a distraction like oh we're fighting it oh oh hey maybe put some underpants on and oh you kicked me in the face yeah, I mean, that, was that, like would, the... that would stop my if if i was attacked by a woman dressed like that that would stop me the hell in my tracks i would be maybe like it was like the spartans you know <laughs> like when you have a like a muscly man running at you with his ding dong flopping <laughs> over the place it's hard to kind of focus on stuff it's true it's like i oh we're fi- oh no and then you, you killed me because i was way too distracted by, by, like, the, look, by the ding dang and then or and or the the lady the lady just, bits. Just, just your just your biddies just fall it just flapping her about just everything just tits to the wind she's gonna kick my ass and I might enjoy it a little I'm not gonna lie you know I'm I'm gonna stand here in my truth and say I might be into mantis kicking my ass well you know it's it's, it's whatever I mean I think most people never I'm not gonna get into that okay sorry. <laughs> all these are just ended up with weird sex stuff. Oh, I never told you about the. I never told you about the one thing. I I, I gotta tell you about a thing after we stop recording. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, she has great control over her body. She would have to to keep those to keep the boobs in place. Yeah, she. Well, yeah, she can control her pectoral so well. That's that's it's great. Like, body you're, just, you're staying down the whole time. Also able to kind of, like, recuperate really quickly. So if she gets injured, she can be like, hey, leg, get better. And then it's just like, you got a boss. That's then, dope. Yeah. That's awesome. 
She also it has extraordinary ability in martial arts. And she's also like incredibly empathic and she has like telepathy, basically. Right. So so is the hair ant- antennae just incidental? I think they're incidental. That's weird. <laughs> I think. It's hard to tell. <laughs> I see nothing about it. That's strange. But really, it also- in the grand scheme of things, I guess, relatively speaking to the rest of her origins, not that strange. Also, I would like to point out something. They tamed down a little bit of... Remember when I told you she was like a barmaid? Yeah. Working at a bar? Yeah. During the 70s? Yeah. Well, uh, they tamed it down in the book. In the book there, she's also a prostitute. Oh, no. Why? As well as being a barmaid. Of course she is. (sighs) Yeah, just, uh... Just a partially Vietnamese lady chilling out in Ho Chi Minh City, being a barmaid slash prostitute, because that's how we are writing women in the 70s. Especially if they're from Vietnam. Yes, yes. So, so do you, want, you want to know what happens right after? <laughs> I have a feeling like, I could find out. <laughs> we are. So, she... So she and bumped uglies with the with the tree man in the in the corpse body, and Just made a child. A bad sentence. Named Sequoia, <laughs> or Koi, for if you're nasty. <laughs> oh no! Okay. You want to see it? Do you want to see a picture of him? Not even a little, but yes. Show oh, me. Well, guess what? Guess what? <laughs> you're gonna see. Let's let's get an eyeful of Sequoia. My my computer is is literally rebelling against this situation. Oh wow! Okay, huh? That's an outfit. He's it's a tree person. It's a tree. It's a it's- weird, sexy tree man dressed as like friggin' Zardoz. Yeah, it's just it, there's a there's just an arrow just that guides you right down to his plant yeah. ding dong. Yep, his plant dangus. His tree, just be like- his tree truck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he's got like weird ninety. It's like he's got like that nineties blonde um, like protagonist boy hair, but it's green and it's tree. <laughs> oh, and then and then like she was compelled to give her child up to the prince priest of uh, Palma, of course. Yeah. Why would and she then, hang on to her kid? And then she joined the Silver Surfer and his adventure shortly after. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Even beginning <laughs> a relationship with a formal a, a former former herald of the Galactus of Galactus. <laughs> so, so she was just like, okay, so I doinked a corpse <laughs> tree, and now I'm gonna doink this silver man. Yes, upgrade. From yeah. from corpse tree man to to herald of the the world eater, he's got a cool board. Yeah, so growing dissatisfied in her life, particularly after her powers begin to alter, she was caught in a massive explosion and presumed dead by the Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer is actually not that good at his job. <laughs> it turns out, <laughs> I see. So, um. Yeah, she survives the f- uh, blast, but stresses placed upon her in recent years literally caused her a fragment in multiple versions of herself. 
because comics are confusing enough already. Each bearing a different aspect of her personality and fragmentary portions of her memory. And then she became a member of the West Coast Avengers for a time. And then left to raise her son. Her tree son? Her tree son, yeah. Alright, gotta be a good mother to your tree baby. Yeah. And then she managed to merge like all of her the fragments and leaving her hole to help the Avengers from uh, to help the Avengers to stop Thanos from killing her son. The the miraculous space messiah tree boy. Wearing a thong. So um <laughs> yeah, later she's reimagined into something that's not nearly as a uh, bad. <laughs> they went, mm, we should probably fix this. We should do oh. better. Oh no, they didn't. That mm. that sound means they didn't. Mm. Ooh, ooh, this is ooh, this is just it's wonderful. Good, good job. Okay, so during when she was like green bug lady, uh-huh. apparently at one point she was like she was caught naked in public. One point, so that's something. I, I think it was after she got teleported somewhere. Okay, yeah, it was yeah. after she got teleported. Yep. Oh, clothes didn't come with you. Oops. Gonna lovingly illustrate this. Yeah, that's the end of Mantis. <laughs> <laughs> and then she ended up naked somewhere. <laughs> See Mantis in the Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> with all your your space time friends. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I liked her for the most part in Guardians of the Galaxy too. I felt like they did bring in some low key fetishy stuff though. Yeah. Into it. Um, but I will say, no, no one her backstory now. It could have been a whole lot worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, like again, like I felt like they did a good job on making it less fetishy. Yes. They they <laughs> can't get rid like of a all real of it. But yeah, no. Less less fetishy, at least. Still uncomfortably childlike, but that's that's a whole other issue. Well, at least she wasn't like a sex object, really. No, that's true. She could have been way more objectified than she was. Yeah. The, the small victories. That's a small victory. <laughs> Not like the other children I've seen in this where they were put into weird... <sighs> so, um, at least the first two were fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I started out I started out the Fortnite with an uncomfortable Asian stereotype and ended with an unfortunate Asian stereotype. Just book bookend it. Yeah. We'll uh, always we'll always have man thing. We'll always have man thing and manslaughter. Yes, close to my heart, manslaughter. Yes, no, I, I uh, I'll, I'll always cherish manslaughter and I'll uh, I'll. I'll look fondly upon. I'll look fondly upon a man. <laughs> got one more in. <laughs> so, um, what what you got to plug? Uh, my my beautiful beautiful podcast baby, uh, Odo Lit Class that I create with the help of my fiance RJ, and we um, I'm just, yeah, I'm you're, I can't plug it because I'm looking at your cat and he's just a cute little sleepy boy, but. Uh, on our show, we take a look at required reading classics, and we tell you all the stuff about them that you didn't get before, because when you read it in school, you were like 14, and you were like, I don't care about 1984, this is dumb, I'm gonna go do puberty things, and we 
look at it and we say, oh, here's how 1984 worked and everything. Here's what everything meant. And also, it is still kind of dumb. That's, that's my hot take. Um, and I'm sticking to it. And you can listen to more of my scorching hot literature takes at odolitclass.com um, as part of the Brain Trust Brothers Network. Okay. Well, you know what is not a dumb dumb thing? I think Frankenstein's like legitimately still like an amazing story, but um, no, we, no, we do have a we we have a Frankenstein episode. We actually, I think it's I think it's really good, honestly, because it's like it's it, depending on how you read it, it's either extremely gay or extreme. <laughs> like it's like extremely gay in a way. If you think about it, it's really it's gay so in a really uncomfortable way. Uh, it's also a narrative turduck, and that's what gets me mad about it. Is that it? It's three different stories nestled inside of each other. Well, like, you forget. Well, at one point, it's it's um, it's Victor telling it's okay. No, it's the person writing the story with Victor telling the story, and then the monsters telling Victor a story for a good part of it. So we talk about that in our, our Frankenstein episode. We trace the genesis of the original literary monster to the most recent. Uh, I Frankenstein. No, oh no, past I Frankenstein <laughs> to Victor Frankenstein. The the uh, uh, what's oh god, what's his name with the uh, Harry Potter uh, and yeah no, and McAvoy uh, with Daniel Radcliffe and James McAvoy. And you know what? Actually, that one's pretty gay. Oh, it's pretty. Well, it's pretty gay. Well, it's well. You find I find that a lot of old literature is actually pretty gay. We do too. So you can you yeah, can listen so. to the show and see all and see just how how super gay most of literature is. Honestly. Oh. Now the opposite of that though is Dracula, which basically just the Avengers with like <laughs> with a with a nice secretary. Except they all suck, and Mina and Van Helsing are the only worthwhile characters on that team. We do, we have a Dracula episode too. We 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 got this. We got this on lock. We got this monster shit down. Yeah. So now we have to do is read a book about uh, a lake monster and a werewolf, and then. <laughs> Which I'm glad that Shape of Water came out because we finally have like a sexy version of everything but a mummy. It's true. Of the Universal Classic the, monsters. Oh, I guess if you want to count like the new mummy, I mean technically she's oh, a, oh, she's oh, a sexy oh, mummy. Oh, she, she's, oh, a, she's like real good looking. Yeah, she's a sexy mummy. <laughs> okay, you know what? You know what? We now have a sexy Universal monsters now. There you go. The board. They're just all sexy. So, they're just all sexy. That's what we need in life. We need more sexy monsters. We did. Guillermo del Toro saw that one missing need. That sexy swamp thing did not... We didn't have him. Or not swamp thing. uh, Sexy creature from the Black Lagoon. And then and then he saw it. I'm just like and I'm just like I agree that that would be a that is a sexy monster. It is. He made a sexy monster, man. Guillermo del Toro knows what we want, and he's not afraid to give it to us. That's why I, I would want him to do, if he was to do a Swamp Thing movie, I think he'd be the only person I think I would trust to do a Swamp Thing movie. I would trust Guillermo del Toro with literally anything. Like even even Pacific Rim, as being as dumb as it is, is still kind of a masterpiece in its genre. It's true. Like, I mean, if that's if that's your weakest piece of work, you're doing all right. Like, like again, it's not, like, the best best movie ever, but it's, like, still a masterpiece for, like, the kaiju yeah, for for the giant so, robot punching shit genre. Yeah, but uh, talking about uh, tangents, uh, <laughs> I go on lots of tangents on my cryptid podcast where I do talk about sexy fishermen a lot because 
I'm I just just Doug Jones and it's just a just <laughs> tall spindly Doug Jones kissing <laughs> on that kissing on that meat girl. The the things that Gerald del Toro has put that man through. Yeah. But I mean yeah, so if you'd like to hear me talk about like lizard people and and like hedgehog fairies and and the Jersey Devil and stuff, you can talk to me listen to me there on there. Uh Creepy Critters, listen to that. Uh and you can see my little cat who's like currently sleeping. He's being just a little perfect a angel. Good, just a good sleepy boy. Oh, he's chirping. Oh, he's doing his sleepy chirps. Little chirpy boy. He knows I'm talking about him, that's it. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, if you want to see him... Well, if you want to see him be, like, super cute, you can go to my Instagram at Marvelous Mooch. And, yeah, that's something. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, may Madcap show you how meaningless life truly is. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.